Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Oh, my fellow adventurers, I am in the ruined city of Tarn. I've done pretty much all the things you do every time you do a Tarn one. I've explored all 17 of the cities, the ruined cities, infested, crumbling structures. So now we can go around and look at the stuff I haven't done yet. And on the southern side, there's that thing. Southern end of, end of this section of the concourse stands a tall stone arch. Arch appears to at one time been part of the entrance to what must have been a grand building. However, only a mountain of rubble, out of which poke the ends of ancient timbers, rises up behind the arch now. Step forward and examine the stone arch. Standing directly before the arch, you make a careful examination of the intricate, arcane symbols carved into its weathered surface. The symbols are grouped to form a myriad of complex patterns. The patterns decipher created by the symbols are puzzling. Do you believe that you should decipher the proper sequence in which to pass your hands over them? You might be able to invoke any magic contained within the arc. Okay, I'm going to try to decipher it again. Calling upon your arcane knowledge, you attempt to decipher the complex code that will allow you to activate the magic contained within the stone arch. Pick a number. Bonus of 40. 20 from Akaria, Arcania. 10 from Mind. 10 from Aura. I need to get 100 or more to succeed. Let's see what happens. Success! With 122. Phew. Otherwise we'd have to wait till next time. Takes you several attempts. But ultimately, you decipher the code presented by the group symbols. Armed with this newfound knowledge, you will now be able to activate the magic contained within the arch. So standing directly before the arch, you make a careful examination. Nation of the intricate arcane symbols carved and swayed its surface. The symbols are grouped to form a myriad of complex patterns. 
He paused for a moment as if to recall the necessary steps to invoking the magic contained within the arch. Perform the sequence to activate the arch. For the first time, you pass your hand over the various symbols carved into the arch in the proper sequence. The arch begins to emit a blinding blue glow. A sudden electrifying rush surges through you. I got 768 experience to all powers. I think that will let me get a few le- couple of levels up. The ground slowly fades, leaving you breathless and exhilarated in the wake of the enemy's energy surge that passed through you. Oh, they're all activated again. Got to do another one. Now, there's another thing to do here. Now, sort of in a passage between the middle and the southern section of Tarn, there's something in the way. What could it be? Well, We'll see when we go there. And here we are, suddenly. The unmistakable and chilling sound of large, leathery wings beating the air instinctively draws your gaze skyward, high above, silhouetted against the shifting grey backdrop of drifting clouds. It's a strange and horrifying sight. Seven black-winged skeletons their fleshless hands gripping decayed swords, are rapidly descending into the ruined city, higher and to the north of this gruesome band of winged winged undead, soars a massive skeletal beast. The winged creature of stone, of bone that is, its giant crumbling skill, fitted with a large and deadly black, black beak, begins to shorten its circles, it slowly follows the seven skeletons down onto the street ahead of you. You note with growing horror that the two-legged, winged beast clutches the limp, bloodied body of an armoured man in his talions. As the seven skeletons land on the street ahead of you, the winged beast, still circling above, opens its beak and screeches loudly. The bone creature's haunting cry echoes along the abandoned lane. Without delay, the seven winged skeletons start along the street in your direction. Hissing wildly, they close the span that separates you. Behind the advancing undead legion, the skeletal beast touches down and begins using its massive black beak to tear out the body in its clutches. You realise that if you hold your ground and engage the advancing skeletons, it's unlikely you'll be able to flee. And yeah, until they're all dead, of course. Obviously, I'm going to hold my ground and engage the seven skeletons. I could flee, but obviously I'm not going to. As the sword-wielding skeletal legion advances, their shrill hisses echo off the ruined buildings that line the street. You swiftly position yourself to face this gruesome band of undead, one at a time. With grim determination, you draw yourself into a combat-ready stance as you prepare to engage the first of the seven black-winged skeletons. Oh, these ones aren't scaled. The black-winged skeleton hisses as it slashes at you with its rusty blade 
and is slain. 39 XP. The winged skeleton collapses into a heap of shattered bone at your feet. The leathery black wings that extend from the black the back of the undead creature slowly fold over its remains. You step back from the wing-covered heaps of bones and prepare to engage your next skeletal undead foe. With grim determination, you draw yourself into a combat-ready stats as you prepare to engage the second of the seven black wing skeletons. Here we are. Hisses and slashes at you with its rusty blade. I bash with my staff. And it is slain. 39 XP. The winged skeleton collapses into a heap of shattered bone at your feet. The leathery black wings that extend from the back of the undead creature slowly fold over its remains. You step back from the wing-covered heaps of bones and prepare to engage your next undead foe. It's the third wing skeleton. Just going to keep... Oh, the enemy smashes through your defences with a devastating blow for 34 damage. Okay, slashes at you with his rusty blade. I'm going to quick combat the rest of them. 39 XP for that. Quick combat. And 39 XP. Quick combat. 39 XP. Number 6. Ooh. Oh, it just did a devastating... Oh, 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 no, oh, no, I'm nearly down. Nearly down. Must use healing. I have slain this foe. 40 XP for that one. Okay, healing, healing, good. Healed now. The winged skeleton collapses into a heap of shattered bone at your feet. The leathery black wings extend from the back... The undead creature slowly fold over its remains. You step back for your wing-covered wing heaps of bones and prepare to engage your next undead foe. With grim determination, you sleep. You draw yourself into a combat-ready stance as you prepare to engage the last of the seven black wing skeletons. So wing skeletons, seven of seven. The last one, it got a devastating blow in just now, but that's not going to help it because it is slain. 40 XP. The winged skeleton collapses into a heap of shattered bone at your feet. The leathery black wings that extend from the back of the undead creature slowly fold over its remains. You step back from the wing-covered heap of bones and wipe away the sweat streaking down your brow. The massive black winged skeletal beast stops tearing at the bloodied body clutching its talons and immediately stomps along the ruined street in your direction. Oh no! As it rapidly bears down on you, the fearsome undead creature stretches wide its angled beak and emits a piercing shriek that fills you with dread. Pick a number. Bonus to 20 from spirit. Need 50 more, or I get scared. 83. You manage to shake off the paralysing dread, inspired by the beast's fearful shriek. With only moments to spare, you hurriedly assume a defensive stance as you would prepare to engage the fearsome, fleshless Benimoth. I'm fighting a winged, skeletal beast. 
The black-winged skeleton hisses as it slashes at you with its rusty blade. And it keeps slashing, but it's not getting any hits in. Because I'm just so much better at this than it is. And it's just slain. It didn't even get a single hit on me. It is 72 combat experience, then 256 experience to general. The sound of splintering bone rises into the air and echoes along the rubble-strewn street as the massive, winged, undead creature collapses into into an unmoving heap. After taking a few moments to recover from the brutal melee, you cautiously make your way along the lane towards the bloodied body previously clutched in the talons of the beast you just vanquished. You move up to the bloodied body lying in the middle of the debris strewn street and carefully examine it. The stench of death that rises up from the shredded corpse is overpowering. The body which is in an advanced state of decay, is that of a middle-aged man. Despite the destruction that's been wrought upon it by the beak of the undead beast, the place, now now shrunken and discoloured, I guess it's been dead for a while, has remarkably remained largely intact. Touched into the leather bag, still hanging across the leather bag, discover a wooden box. Inside the box is a winkled scroll. Quickly, take possession of the scroll. View it. You discover this this winkled scroll on the body of a slain adventurer. The ruins of Tarn, an ornate but fainted bee, has been scripted across the top of the worn sheet. The scroll appears to bear a set of arcane instructions. It was impossible to decipher any meaning from the cryptic writing. Okay, stepping back. From the, from the body, moving out of range of the abhorrent smell, you pull the scroll and see the strange, undecipherable script that crosses its yet worn yellow surface. So you cannot make anything, make anything of the cryptid phrases and arcane symbols adorn the scroll. Your eyes are suddenly drawn to a large, fancifully scripted bee at the very top of the sheet. It is a marking you have seen before, when you immediately associate with the name of Beowulf, who we previously restored to their to their castle in Fogbar Forest, where even now they are fighting the good fight against all the many, many, many evils in that forest. You tuck a scroll in amongst your other belongings, and then do what you can to provide the slain man with some dignity in death. After giving him a makeshift burial at the base of a pile of rubble near the edge of the street, you trick over your equipment before once again resuming your exploration of the ruined city. That's and now I earned three hundred and eighty four experience to general, so all those little bonuses combined, I've got about uh, a thousand experience to general. Hmm. Oh, I'm in the centre of Tarn. I'm just now. I'm just going to finish it off. 
There's the, here's the building where the spider was. Examine the chest. Use the angle copper keys. Use... Get the large copper large copper gear. Yeah, oh, looks, oh, you can you want to see what's actually happening? Just play the first turn episode because I'm not going to say these things twice, and it's the same with a few differences. Actually, quite a lot of differences. It's the same every time. But anything I haven't brought up. Has happened. Anything I don't read out is because I've read it before on the previous one. Examine the large stone wheel. Use the large copper gear. This. Yep. 32 experience for that. I can now spin the wheel. Spin the wheel. If, if I've missed anything, I won't be able to come back for three hours. But that's not very long. Spin the wheel. The spin. Oh, I catch sight of something on the other side of the iron grate. It's the Tarn Hearn, who we saw before. To only a few moments, he has disappeared from sight. Close your eyes tightly. It's because things start to glow. And there we are. Now, I've got my big XP reward. I've got 512 to general. 128 to all skills and powers, which is fairly nice. And 1,088 experience to general. And that's the bonus I got for clearing all... For clearing all of... For clearing all 17 of the little buildings. So you get 64 per building you clear. So if you rushed... If you rushed through time, you just get key, 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 chest, key, 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 chest, arch, spider, chest, open the chest, get the gear, put it in, go, you'd get, you might even get no bonus there, and I think there's a lower pool for the first two parts, anyway, I, I've never not done all I, well, okay, I think I've not done seven or oh, seventeen sometimes, but that's not been for a very long time. I usually do all the parts because I'm just uh, I'm just like that. It, yeah, uh, out of the city. One last look at turn. Now, now I've got something with a B on it. Now, I think the Bellwood should see this. Fogbur, the Forest of Mist. Also, while I'm here, I will, a bit later, advance the Circle of the Wolf, which is now at level 3. But firstly, Castle Bellwood. Standing atop a small mound, rises out of the thick fog, scrolling across the forest floor, you stare to the west. Your eyes fixed on the imposing woodland fortress, Castle Bearwood. The four enchanted beacons burn brightly in the topmost chambers of the castle's corner towers, thanks to me, stabbing through the unnatural gloom of the cursed wood. Visit Castle Bearwood. Oh, there's 
You're met at the foot of the drawbridge by an azalea. The master of the watch meets you in the shoulder cross and greets you into the fortress. Once inside, you are escorted to the Grand Hall, where Chiara seems both surprised and pleased to receive you. Chiara is always interested in hearing of her latest adventures, and I've done a lot since we've last talked, particularly those that occur within the boundaries of the forest. I'd have had some of those too. Yes, the Circle of Wolf, I've been doing that. Been beating up this big, big immortal wolf and getting bonuses. For reasons. But now there's a new adventurer. The Wit of Umduo. Long ago, the deepest secrets of the Bearwood Sorcerers were carefully concealed. Which admit makes sense, considering you don't want your foes to... Find them out and either use them against you or find a way to defend themselves. Start the adventure. It is during one of your lengthy visits with the waning steward of Fogba that you present her with the scroll you discovered in Tarn. Jialua's eyes widen and she flashes you a series of curious looks as she carefully studies the scroll. For several minutes she says nothing as he traces over several of the arcane symbols with her fingers. How did you come by this? she asks at last, placing the scroll across her lap and looking up at you. Tarn? I never knew you've been to Tarn. Well, you'll indeed have to tell me more about what you've seen there. Never been to the city, but it holds a great fascination for me. It always has. You asked Jalara about the significance of the scroll. This... She says, unfurling the scroll and holding it and holding it out towards you, is the wit of Umdridor, who is believed to have been lost or destroyed or hidden around the time the castle was abandoned. But as we are now both aware, it was not so. Well, I think it was hidden. It was hidden pretty well, but someone found it. Or maybe it was lost, but it wasn't destroyed. It could have been lost, it could have been hidden. But now it's been either been found, or removed, or uncovered. Or unhidden, or whatever you call it when something something hidden becomes not hidden. Jala tells you the wit of Omdwell is scripted in an arcane code. A code known only to the sorcerers of the Bailwood line. And she confesses she's not particularly well versed in these intricacies. Well, we did skip a few generations, so... I imagine some things might have been lost. Let's see, there was you. And then there's your dad, who had no... In- then there was your father, who had no interest... In the Bailwood stuff. Then there's your grandfather. Who. Who presumably was out. Out of Bailwood. Before he could learn much. And then there's. Umbrek and Umdro. Which one is Umdro the first? Yeah, yes. It's Umbrek. Then Umdro. Then, then the grandfather. Then the father. Then Jiara. I think that's the order. There might be a few missing. 
The witch was suppo supposedly contains a litany of secrets. Secrets about the magic wielded by my ancestors. Secrets about this castle. Secrets about the forest itself, she says. This, however, is only one half of the wit. Umdro composed the wit in two parts. Each part was used to decipher the other. Without the other, each part of the wit is of little use. Jara stands longingly at the scroll as she runs her hand over its wrinkled surface. The complete wit of Umdro should certainly be a grand weapon in the battle we may soon find ourselves in. If you would, Zoop, how came by you this in Tarn? I guess I'll explain. He explained to Chiara the precise circumstances that led to your discovery of the scroll in Tarn. When you finish your short and somewhat gruesome account, she nods and again begins to closely examine the scroll. There's a good chance we will never find the other parts, she says, looking up from the scroll. But if you believe as I do, Zoop, these things rarely happen without some greater purpose of what I sincerely believe that your discovery of this half of the wit was no accident. Chara hands you the scroll and tells you to look it over. If, if you were meant to find it, perhaps there is something there that only you will be able to see. It is not, not without precedent for a document of this nature to contain hidden parts that will only reveal themselves to the proper set of eyes. He unfurled the scroll and studied the arcane symbols that cover its wrinkled surface. Suddenly, your eyes are drawn to the lower white corner of the wit. There, the worn parchment is partially torn and smudged with grime. Your pulse quickens and you instinctively begin wiping away the grime that clings to the, to the corner of the wit. Beneath the thin layer of filth is what appears at first glance to be a crudely set, sketched map. The sketch seems to depict a large island with a much smaller island just off its northern shore. The sketched islands appear to be a rather recent addition to the ancient scroll. You promptly turn, turn the wit towards Jara to display your find. Hmm. Maybe they put that sketch on when they re-hid the scrolls? The proper set of eyes, she repeats, smiling. It takes less than an hour to discover the location depicted on the crudely scratched match on the corner of the wit. Jawa calls for all of the maps at her disposal, and after examining several, she, she, she announced that the large island scrawled on the corner of the wit is Iron Crown Island, island to which you are indeed familiar. The smaller island to its north is Greenthorn, says Jawa. Several of Umjudo's writings, and a few of his father's, make mention of it. There isn't much that escapes you, Zoop. Well done. Chara tells you that Greenhall Islands is a small, uninhabited island on the north of Iron Crown Isle. She says that the island is surrounded by treacherous waters, and it would be all but impossible to get any sort of craft safely within reach of its shores. He has to allow if she believes the second part of the wit will be found on the island. It's impossible for me to know, she says, shrugging her shoulders. 
But if it lies somewhere on the island, then I'm all but certain it is you who are meant to find it. Discover your encounter with Imdor in, in this, his ancestral home, and the discovery of, of half the wit cannot possibly be mere coincidences. I have to believe you have not had your last wedding with Umdral Bailwood. Jara falls silent and stares down at the wit, tapping the sketched island with a slender forefigure. She looks up at you and is about to speak, but before a single word has left her lips, you announce you are prepared to make the journey to Queenthorn Island. Then I shall make preparations for your journey, she says, smiling. I have a friend who may be able to help us. You spend the better part of a week at Castle Baywood at Strahler's desk. That time you learn that Isaiah, the castle's master of the watch, is preparing a select group of, of those under her command to expand and hold the area of the cursed forest over which the steward of Fogborough claims dominion. Late one afternoon, towards the end of your stay, Shara calls you into the Grand Hall and tells you she has made arrangements for your safe passage into Greenthorn Island. A confederate of mine will await your arrival at the battlegrounds on Iron Crown Isle, she says. He is asked to remain anonymous, and I must honour his request. He is a trusted ally and an old friend. He has sworn to me that he will see, see that you are able to safely travel to and from the shores of Greenthorn. I do not, for even a moment... For reason to doubt him. With your passage to Greenthorn Island seemingly assured, you tell Shara that you will at once embark on your mission with the hope of somehow locating the second part of the wit. The young sorceress again tells you she is confident that your encounter with Umbrajol and your discovery of the scroll in time were not random events. I would not think of asking you to chase Stantum, she says. Something awaits you on that island. On that point, I am confident. Chalana wishes you a safe journey and again thanks you. As she is suddenly summoned away to deal with a pressing matter in another part of the great fortress, you bid her farewell and make your way out of the hall, eager to begin the trek to Westmere, where you will find the portal that will take you to Iron Crown Island. As you depart from the Grand Hall, you are met by Azalea. The commander of the Castle Watch initiates your shoulder cross and wishes you success on your mission. I wish that I might go with you, she says, but perhaps there will be another chance. I shudder to think think of the state of our watch if I wasn't about to keep an eye on it all. Return safely, Zoop. As Azalea turns and strides off along the passage, you are suddenly struck by the notion Notion that at least one other person in the in the castle, apart from Chiara, knows of your impending task. You what you ponder the possible implications of this realization, but quickly decide to put it out of your mind. With that, you swiftly make your way out of the castle. To continue your adventure, you must make your way to Zuin's battlegrounds on Iron Crowned Isle. Alright, there we are. Out of Fogborough Forest. Just going to equip my shimmering silver mace. Oh, actually, while I'm here, 
I'll go to the Tangled Maze of Thorny Vines and examine the mushrooms. I'll take a small red mushroom. And I think that's that has boosted my stamina points. And then the ship deep shimmering pool. Drink from the pool. And that's given me one extra Neverwill Reserve. Yeah, 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 those are just something to something to remember. Go there regularly. Now, I'm in Southwest. Westmere. Visit the Misty Lock, teleport to Ironkind Island, step into the portal. As you reach the top of the steep grassy pill and approach the gates of the battleground, you suddenly become aware of a figure lurching in the shadows of the courtyard wall. A tall, broad-shouldered man, his large frame wrapped in a grey cloak, and his face hidden beneath the folds of a drooping hood, moves out of the gloom and swiftly approaches you. He looks warily in all directions as he draws near. You mustn't, I mustn't linger, linger, but let me say I'm pleased to meet you, friend, he says in a voice that's strangely familiar. Listen carefully, for I can spare only a few moments. Speaking in a hushed tone and hurried voice, the man told you the portal waits for you in a sheltered cove on the north side of the island. The portal will take you to Greenthorn Island, he says. I know nothing about the business that finds you seeking those shores, and let's be certain to keep it that way. I've been asked to open the gate, and open the gate that will allow you safe passage to the island, and I have done so. I will not meet with you again. The tall hooded man tells you that that the trail leads that the trail leads to the cove on the northern side of Alan Island, and you shall have little trouble finding the portal. You needn't fear that anyone else will find and use the gate I've opened, he says. The portal is visible only to you. It will remain open till I've instructed to close it. I wish you luck on whatever lies ahead. Before you can even attempt to ask him anything or thank him, he turns and strides off, leaving you alone before the gates of the battlegrounds. To find the cove and the portal mentioned by Chiara's mysterious confederates... Select Treks of the Shelter Cove option while standing before Zoom's Keep. Anything with the Candle Grove Festival? Nope, nothing yet. Okay. Treks of the Sheltered Cove. You make your way along the winding trail that cuts through the wider, more remote re- northern region of Ironfound Isle. After a lengthy but eventful trek, you arrive at the sheltered cove on the north shore of the island. The dark, frigid waters of Bower Lock churn as they pass through a narrow inlet that allows them into the small, sheltered cove on the northern shore of Iron Crown Isle. To the north, almost on the horizon, you make out the small green blot that is Greenthorn Island rising up at the shadowy depths of the lock. At the back of the lock, hovering only inches off the ground against the base of a steep cliff. Back of the cove, that is, hovering only inches off the ground. At the base of a steep cliff is a swirling blue portal. Step into the portal, 
And for once, when I step into a portal, I actually know where I'm going. Which is a nice change. You step into the portal and immediately tumble into a dark, silent void. Moments later, you're standing, you're once again standing on solid ground on the southern shore of Greenthorn Island. You're standing on a stony stretch of ground on the southern shores of Greenthorn Island. To the north, a series of a seemingly endless series of rolling green hills sparsely dotted with patches of stunted trees, rise up into the sky. Two surprisingly well-worn paths, one to the northeast and another to the northwest, reach up, reach up towards a flat, treeless summit that, that crowns the island's steep, treacherous terrain. Behind you, at the edge of the dark, frigid waters of the loch, hovers a swirling blue portal that's identical to the one you stepped in, it's the cove on Iron Crowned Island. Now I can go northwest or northeast. It actually doesn't matter. Northeast. You're standing at the edge of a well-worn trail that winds its way up the steep green hills that dominate the small island. You're nearly a quarter of the way to the island's flat, treeless summit. A sudden, violent shudder runs through the ground beneath your feet. The ground before you erupts into a shower of dirt and stone as a massive elemental being tears its way out of the earth. The hulking earth elemental rises out of the ragged fissure and stomps towards you, its heavy footfalls rattling in the ground beneath your feet. The towering earthen figure opens its cavernous mouth and unleashes a fearsome bellow as it swiftly bears down on you. Engage the massive elemental. The massive earth elemental stomps forward, its thunderous echoes, thunderous footfalls echoing off the surrounding hills as it swiftly draws to within melee range. You bravely hold your ground and engage the hulking behemoth. It's a hulking earth elemental, I'm just going to bash it as it squats at you with its massive stone hand. But I bash it with my not particularly massive, but very heavy and shiny mace. It's done a couple of devastating blows, this one for 25 damage. But it is slain. 8 XP, and then 128 experience to genuine. You leap back to avoid the elementals toppling bulk as the massive creature of stone and earth, earth and stone, crashes to the ground. The mighty guardian of Greenford Island is no more. Taking a few minutes to recover from the brutal combat, you dutifully check over your equipment before preparing to once again resume your trek along the path. Continue to the northeast. You're standing at the edge of a well-worn trail that winds its way up the steep green hills that dominate the small island. You're almost halfway to the island's flat, treeless summit. A sudden, violent shudder runs through the ground beneath your feet. The ground before you erupts in a shower of dirt and stone as a massive elemental being tears its way out of the earth. The hulking earth elemental rises out of the ragged figure 
fissure and stomps towards you, its heavy footfalls rustling the ground beneath your feet. The towering, earthen figure opens its cavernous mouth and unleashes a fearsome bellow as it swiftly bears down on you. Engage it! Engage the massive elemental! The massive earth elemental stomps forward, its thunderous footfalls echoing off the surrounding hills as it swiftly draws to within melee range. You bravely hold your ground and engage the hulking behemoth. Ooh, it smashes through my defences with a devastating blow for 22 damage as it squats at me with its massive stone hand. Just got to keep bashing it. Another devastating blow just now. Devastating blow for 33 damage. 29 damage. Another one for 29 damage. 24. All right. Hand of healing. Slain. 9 XP. 128 XP. You leap back to avoid the elementals toppling bulk as the massive creature of earth and stone crashes into the ground. The mighty guardian of Greenthorn Island is no more. After taking a few minutes to recover from the brutal combat, just going to do that now. Heal, 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 heal. You dutifully check over your equipment before preparing to once again resume your trek along the path. Keep climbing to the northwest this time. From here, the path climbs further into the hills to the northwest and descends descends half sharply to southeast. There we are. You're standing at the edge of a well-worn trail that winds its way up into the steep green hills that dominate the small island. You're just about three quarters of the way to the island's flat, treeless summit. A sudden, violent shudder runs through the ground beneath your feet. The ground before you erupts into a shower of dirt and stone. As a massive elemental being tears its way out of the earth. The hulking earth elemental rises out of the ragged fat fissure and stomps towards you. Its heavy footfall is wrestling the ground beneath your feet. The towering, earthen figure opens its cavernous mouth and unleashes a fearsome bellow as it swiftly bears down on you. Engage the massive elemental! The massive earth elemental stomps forward, its thunderous footfalls echoing off the surrounding hills as it swiftly draws to within melee range. You bravely hold your ground and engage the hulking behemoth. It's another hulking earth elemental, just going to bash it, squats at you with its massive stone hand, and I swing my regular sized mace. Yeah, keep going, keep going. Oh, I just went into battle rage. Look, stop blocking my passage. Yeah, I went into battle rage again. I just want to climb this hill and solve the wit of Omdral. Why'd you keep attacking me? I'm supposed to be here! Ah, you slain your foe. 9 combat XP, 128 XP to general. You've leaped back to avoid the elemental's toppling bulk as the massive creature of earth and stone crashes to the ground. The mighty guardian of Greenthor Island is no more. 
After taking a few minutes to recover from the brutal combat, you dutifully check over your equipment before preparing to once again resume your trek along the path. So if I took the other route, the other direction around the island, I'd have also had three combats against Matt against these stone elementals for the same reward. In fact, you can take the other route down and do the other three if you want the XP. Maybe I'll do that. You're standing at the edge of a well-worn trail that wilds its way into the steep green hills that dominate the small island. You're just about three quarters of the way to the island's flat, treeless summit. From here, the path climbs further into the hills to the northwest and descends sharply to the north southeast. Climb to the northwest. You're standing on the broad, flat, treeless summit that overlooks all of Greenthorn Island. Paths lead down from the southwestern and southeastern edges of the plateau. Towards the middle of the summit, partially concealed by a low elbow of ridge that pokes up through the earth, is a wide, semicircular impression. A stony path leads down to a large, square slab of red stone, resting in the centre of the hollow that I shall enter the hollow and examine the stone slab. You're standing at the bottom of a stony hollow, directly in, in front of the broad square slab of Bradstone. After examining the slab for several minutes, you turn and start to make your way out of the hollow. You've taken less than three steps up the stony path, when a sudden flash of green light to your left freezes you in your tracks. Slowly, with your pulse racing, you turn and look back towards the red stone slab. You stare back in disbelief at the slab, Resting atop the broad, flat piece of red stone is a tattered scroll, bound at both ends by two grimy strips of worn cloth. Wasting no time, you pick up the scroll, slip off the hoops of cloth, and carefully unfurl the fragile document. Your heart pounds in your chest, and a smile spreads across your face. Adorning the wrinkled, yellowed sheet is a faded, fancifully scripted B. Have found the second part, the wit of Undrawal. View it. You discovered this wrinkled scroll when it suddenly appeared atop a stone slab at the highest point on Greenthorn Island. An ancient but fainted bee has been scripted across the top of the worn sheet. The scroll appears to bear a set of arcane structures. This is possible to decipher any meaning from the cryptic writing. Well, for me, anyway. I don't. I don't. I haven't learned all the secret Beowulf codes. Despite your inability to comprehend what is written on the scroll, you know that this is the second half of the Wit of Umdral. Also, two hundred and fifty-six experience to general. With the object of your mission now safely in your position, you were placed a cough cloth loop you removed from the scroll and, and tucked the precious item safely in amongst your other belongings. You're standing at the bottom of a stony hollow, directly in front of the broad square slab of red stone. 
particular item may be of use here. Hmm. It'll be something to do with the Fogboa stuff. That misty forest. What could it be? What could it be? Ooh, what's this? Glowing spear with mist? You don't recall hand-quieting this hand-sized spear of green glowing mist. And yet, here it is, floating amongst your possessions. When you look directly at the spear, it grows quite faint and nearly disappears. I'll give that one a go. Oh, it seems to have done something. You attempt to take hold of the glowing spear of mist, but the strange object swiftly evades your grasp and floats out of your reach, coming to west on the stone slab. You're about to step forward and attempt to retrieve the spear, when a sudden gust of wind tears across the summit and seeps through the hollow. You watch in amazement as a ghostly, glowing, vaguely humid apparition begins to take form on the centre of the slab. You maintain a defensive posture as the ghostly figure continues to take form in the centre of the slab. The face of a young man suddenly protrudes from the swirling green mist out of which the apparition is taking shape. Immediately recognise the face staring out of you out of the mist. It's the face of a young Umbridge Bearwood. The growing apparition of Umdro smiles and nods at you. Suddenly, Umdra extends his ghostly hand towards you. You're simultaneously filled with fascination and dread as he realises he wishes for you to take it. So I can take his hand, his ghostly hand, or not. Well, I don't want to be rude. Also, I've heard that taking, ghosts, taking the hands of ghosts tends to have either very good or very bad results. And this ghost is on my is on our side in keeping on the side of keeping Fogborough from turning into a nexus of evil that dooms the world. Well, even more so. I will take his hand. You reach out for Umudro's ghostly hand. The moment your tip tips of your fingers pass through the glowing phantasmal form. A paralysing jolt of energy surges through your body. 512 experience to general, and 50, 256 experience to all skills and powers. As the effects of the jolt begin to wane, the ghostly image of Umdrajo flickers briefly and then vanishes. Westing in the middle of the wedstone slab, on the exact spot occupied by the ghost of Undra only moments ago, the small, spheretical, glowing emerald. You immediately take possession of the round gem. You acquired this small, spheretical gem on Greenthorn Island. Okay, it's probably going to do something. And the gem doesn't do anything. Alright, it still says a particular item may be at use here. Maybe that glowing sphere of mist again? Use. You take shape on the... F yep, yep, here. You take shape again. He fades from view and then vanishes. 
Okay, it all, I'm not going to bother him again. Step away from the stone slab. Now, I've got two options. I can go southwest or southeast. I'm going to go southwest. Alright, it's another Earth Elemental. It's the same as the previous three. 9 combat XP, 28, 128 to general. Send the pass some more. It's another Earth Elemental. Engage it. Here we are. And bash. Nine combat. 128 to general. Alright, to the southeast. This is the last one. Engage it. Nine combat experience coming up. Nope. Eight combat experience. 128 experience to general. And that is all the guardians of that island finished. So if I ever need to go back there, I'm not going to have to worry about any guardians. And also, I got slightly more experience. And that's always something to consider. You can do a lot with experience. Step into the portal. You step into the portal and immediately tumble into a dark, silent void. Moments later, you're once again standing on solid ground in the sheltered cove on the northern shore of Iron Crown Island. Alright, leave the cove, return to the keep, leave the island, leave the tavern, travel back to Fogbore Forest in western Tulsa, explore Fogbore Forest, back to Castle Balewood. Yes, this, this is a lot easier. It's a lot easier for me than it is for Zoop. Because he's got to actually walk all the way over there. Or maybe get some, maybe get coach for some of the way. But I just have to click some buttons and he makes his way there. And I, I, I don't have to worry about the brigands that might come on the way. That he has to, you know, scare off. Or whatever. Well, I have to worry about some of the brigands. Visit Castle Bayward. You return to Castle Bayward in triumph. Azalea and several of other men at her command meet you at the foot of the drawbridge and escort you into the fortress. Once inside, Azalea leads you to the Grand Hall, where Troyana is. is eagerly awaiting your arrival. When Azalea has departed... And you're alone with the sorceress. You present her with the second part of the wit. Her dark eyes stare down fiercely at the wrinkled sheet. And a faint smile forms on her lips. I sense your success before you even set foot in the woods. She says, smiling, and looks up at you. This is even beyond my greatest hope. Jawa, Jilla rises and bows. As the sorceress retakes her seat, she retrieves the previous skull you recovered and holds it next to the one you've just given her. Let's see what we might learn from this now. Jawa spends several minutes poring over both halves of the wits, carefully examining each scroll and at times closing her eyes and allowing her fingers to continue moving along the two documents. Suddenly, a faint smile grips into her face and she looks up at you. There are countless secrets hidden in these. Oh, I'm very much mistaken, she says, 
triumphantly holding up both scrolls. I've just deciphered the first of them. Chara moves the back of the ornate phone and stoops to examine its base, where the trunk of oak passes up through the dais. She makes a series of strange motions with her left hand, then stands up and defiantly crosses her arms. Suddenly, her eyes grow wide, and she again soups and makes a second but different series of motions with her hand. Hear a faint click, and watch as a rectangular portion of the tree of trunk slowly sides out, revealing a long, shallow compartment. Jara turns to you and nods as she reaches into the revealed compartment and reveals a long wooden wad. Several bands of iron encircle the shaft of the wad at regular intervals. Jara holds up the iron-banded oaken wad and carefully examines it, running her her hands along the carved instrument, she, stu- she studies a circular socket set into the lower end of the wad before lowering the weapon to her side. This is Umadro's wad, weapon he is said to have enchanted with his own magic. It's, it's something that will no doubt be to be studied at length or will be put to any sort of practical use. Jara praises the oaken wad, the arm of her great chair, and turns to face you. I felt his presence here, Zoop. In his very chamber, she says, glancing about, she might at any instant catch a glimpse of her infamous ancestor. I also sense he's aware of a battle we're about to wage. A battle that will have implications far beyond the edge of the forest. She pauses, looks back at the wad, and sighs. History has misjudged him, she says, but I'm confident, thanks to you, that when, I've, that when I've had a chance to further study this wit, there will emerge the portrait of a man, far removed from the shadow of villainy that now clouds his legacy. You spend nearly two hours with Jara in the Grand Hall, relating to her all the details of your mission to Greenfall Island. She particularly taken by your description of the elementals that guarded the path leading up to the monument that crowned the island's highest point. Time and again, she tells you it is happy and proud to count you among her allies. I have led a largely sheltered life, she, she confesses as you complete your tale. I possess the legendary magical ability common to your life, and yet I am fearful of the dark. It is not an ordinary fear, Fu, for I am not alone with this dread. My father shared it with him, and his father, Orlior, did it with him, began, by any account, with Umjuro, and I firmly believe it was the undoing of our stewardship. I swear my life forever, Zoop, it will end with me. Disarmed by her sudden and bold mission, responds with a nod, and affirm your pledge to help her as she moves ahead with the daunting task of reclaiming the cursed forest. The conversation gradually shifts to more contained subjects, but all the while you find yourself wondering more and more about the young sorceress who seems to so willingly bear such a large and perilous burden. Behind her wide dark eyes, tucked 
tucked away just beneath the lingering traces of faint reassuring smiles, like something you can't quite put your finger on. The undefined entity that appears for only a fleeting instant, the end of an unnatural pause, and the abrupt dissip dissipation of a moment of mirth, the haunting silence of a wandering gaze, remains an undeniable presence that speaks equally of joyous wonder, profound, unnamed terror. At length, you take your leave of Jara and wish her well as she continues her work to fully restore her ancestral abode to its former glory. She, she again thanks you and tells you she looks forward to having you at her side in the challenging days ahead. As you pass over the drawbridge that moves into the forest, you turn and look back at the imposing fortress. The four enchanted beacons burn brightly from their perches within the castle's corner towers, their golden light stabbing through the heavy veil of mist that blankets the wood. A strange thought suddenly comes to mind, and for a moment you almost allow the dangerous notion undue consideration. Almost as quickly as it took form, however, you dismantle the idea and vow to disregard it. With that, you turn and head into the forest, eager to make your way out of the foul, fog-shrouded wilderness before nightfall. And that finishes the adventure called The Wit of Umdjoel, with 2,048 experience to general, and 256 experience to all skills and powers. Which is nice. Now, I think... One more thing to do here, which, just to round off this episode, I've got to show her that gem I got. Visit Carewood Castle. You're met at the foot of the castle droids by Azalea, the master of the watch. She meets you in a shoulder cross, leads you into the fortress. Once inside, you're escorted to the Grand Hall, where Jara seems both surprised and pleased to receive you. You immediately note that the two scrolls that make up the wit of Umdral are resting on a pedestal that now stands next to the steward's magnificent wooden throne. What I thus star been able to, be, to glean from those is beyond even my greatest hopes, she says, glancing at the scrolls. There is yet much that we have to learn from them, but all they contain is quickly becoming one of the most potent weapons in our arsenal. A weapon that shall soon be put to good use. As you converse, converse with the young sorceress, you you spot Umjuro's wad, wad lying on the arm of her throat. It appears that Jara has, has been recently studying the weapon. It's discovered in the hidden compartment back of her throne. Compartment revealed by the completed wit. From where you're stated, you carefully examine the iron-banded oaken wad, and again take note of the circular socket set into the lower end of the weapon. Hmm, circular sockets. What could fit there? Ooh, I've got a spiritical emerald I just got. That'll probably fit in there. Use it! You retrieve the small spiritical emerald from among your possessions, and reach out and press it into the socket in the lower end of the oaken wad. The emerald snaps securely into the round impression, 
and the faint green glow immediately envelops the carved instrument. I just got 1,024 experience to general. So that was definitely something I was supposed to do. Chara's eyes widen as she stares down at the wad resting in her hands. Her face bathed in the greenish glow now animating from the item. She looks up at you and smiles. Have a look at it, she says, tipping up the end of her wad so you can clearly see the emerald. Just beneath the glowing, faceted surface of the green gem is the unmistakable and moving image of an Otawak. When you told her to her how you acquired the emerald and, and that now rests in the socket of the oaken wad, she closes her eyes and nods. We are being watched, that is plain, she says, by those that would do us harm, as, the, as well as by those who wish to voice to our course. You are somehow connected with Umjur. The story returns to us time and again. Perhaps in what he senses is our hour of need. You state that you believe that the moving in image of the Otuak beneath the glowing surface of the Emerald signifies the world will have some untold effects on the sinister creations of Korotal. It's all but certain, she says, as she gazes along the length of the oaken instrument. Something tells me there is more to all of this than we presently know can even guess. You must take it and keep it safe. You're taken aback when Jara hands you the wad. I have got Umgadrol's oaken wad. It's a bashing weapon, 14 melee waiting, but that's not the key thing. This engraved, iron-banded oaken wad was once the weapon carried by Umdrol Baywood. The wad emits a continuous but faint greenish glow. Tiara discovered the wad in the hidden compartment at the back of her throne, following your retrieval of the wit of Omdral. The spherical the emerald you obtained is now set into the socket at the base of the wad. The moving image of an Otruk can be seen just beneath the surface of the gem. The magical energy stored within the emerald will poetically will periodically be released when you are in combat with an Otawak. Please note, you do not have to be wielding the wad for it to unleash its magic against an Otawak, for the chances for its special attack are increased if you are. This weapon is of magical quality. So this is the anti-Otawak weapon. If I'm going to fight Otawak, there's no, there's no point equipping a weapon with lots of, with lots of MR because they'll just scale. Instead, I'll equip this, and they're not, and they're of this unique type, so I don't have any weapon that boosts MR against them. But they'll probably just scale for that too. Now you got to do something a bit more sneaky, which is what this wand will do. You accept the wad and place it safely in amongst John's belongings. Be sure to examine the wand by closely clicking on it in your inventory. Just did that. At length, after a long and involved conversation with Chiara, you bid farewell to the young steward of Fogborough, again affirming your pledge to do what you can to help her 
as she moves forward with the daunting task of reclaiming the cursed wood. She wishes you well and tells you to take care on your adventures. She also reminds you to be cautious as you explore the forest. Unfortunately, our enemies are numerous, she says. She sees you to the threshold of the Grand Hall. The sorceress who hides in the wood and those wooden army overruns great portions of it is a stealthy and dangerous foe. It is inconceivable that she would remain idle while we work to unhinge her schemes, remain watchful at every step. And then, of course, there's still the curse on the wood. There's some sort of conspiracy with Galanius. And... And that big moth. That doesn't like me. Keeps kidnapping it. You're bow to an hour before exiting the Grand Hall and making your way out of the castle. Oh yeah, and Woundskin. Woundskin's planning something. And since Woundskin's planning it, it's not going to be good. As you cross the heavy drawbridge and step back into the mist-shrouded tangledis fog bar, you find yourself wandering your fingers along the carved length of Umduol's oaken wad. For the first time since you encountered them in Ashley, you're actually somewhat eager to run across a few Otorak. Okay, let's... That's, that's enough of that. Let's go to Ashley. Oh, there's some highwaymen. Attack the bandits. They run away. They are clever bandits. Okay, there should be a new quest somewhere. It's 48 quests now. I think that's more than it was before. Let's just see what's happening. Hawklaw faces in the mirror. That looks like a new quest to me. Don't think it was there before. That? Okay. Maybe we'll do that next time. Maybe something else. That, that's up there, that's up there anyway. Gonna save again. But until then, farewell, fellow adventurers. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.